Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. Where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Everything School HQ. We got a packed house. The first ever four-person NBA pod here on the Tuesday night show. Where we got the. One and only, each and every week on this very show, Ramball Ramble, longtime friend of the program, Corbin Ford. Corbin, good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening. I'm doing well. Happy to talk ball. You know how it is. Uh, we are going to talk some ball. We also got Chris Wilder back this week from Odd Shark and Raptors Republic. Chris, good evening, sir. How are you? Doing good, buddy. Rare Raptors victory tonight. So I'm riding <laughs> that high, keeping me up at 11 o'clock. <laughs> I love it. Hey, you. I don't know how many other... Raptors dubs you're going to get this year the rest of the way if they keep continuing to sell off and it just I it, I don't know we'll we'll see Chris savor but them when they come man savor them when they come and we've also got a first timer here on this program Kenny Spence of Playoff Foul a very good NBA podcast so you should go check out if you have not already done so covered the Miami Heat for many years uh, a Miami local moving over to Dallas but Kenny thank you uh, for joining us how how's it going on your end um, man, my team lost seven in a row, but aside from that, I'm feeling pretty good, man. <laughs> it's like, not good. We're, we're going to talk it, about it, that. Yeah, it's been rough. Well, hey, I all of our teams are it's funny. Like we have four NBA, different NBA teams on this very program represented here. And all four of us have just been going through it all season <laughs> long. It just doesn't matter who it is. The Heat, the Hawks, the Raptors, the Lakers, all different degrees of frustration amongst the four of us on this very program but we start uh tonight's show here with kenny mm-hmm. you mentioned the heat yeah, they are on a seven game losing streak you're watching every one of these games explain to us what is plaguing the heat has the terry rosier addition into the starting lineup next to tire hero help things at all does it give you more room for optimism is it just injuries is it just schedule what is plaguing the heat and why are they so down right now it's a combination of a ton of different things back to back so first it was teams adjusted to bam out of bio and threw double teams at him and he struggled with that and then the entire team went into a shooting slump like nobody could make a shot mm. <laughs> and then spoke tinkered with stuff and he kind of messed around and now tyler hero's playing a totally different role where he's almost completely off the ball and that's not really worked out either and then nobody can make a shot again. Jaime Hikes Jr. got injured, and then he came back. And while all this is going on, they trade for Terry Rozier, and then they hit – they get Boston, then they get the Knicks, and then they and then they get the Suns who have been on a roll, and now they have the Kings tomorrow who have been on a roll. And so it's just a combination of not only the team playing poorly, but 
bad luck, and now they're dealing with a tough part of the schedule on top of just trying to figure things out. Terry Rozier, he will help because they've needed a rim pressure from a point guard for years. Mm. Um, the defense kind of concerns me with the backcourt, but I think looking at what Kyle Lowry was doing out there the past year and a half or so, I'm not really too concerned about it because uh, that was pretty rough also. I think the team will be fine. It's just a very rough patch with a lot of different stuff going wrong at the wrong time. Do you feel good about Rozier based on the early returns? Do you think he fits in the starting five? And what will be the best starting five for the Heat? So for me personally, I think they have the starting five right right now. Mm-hmm. There, there's, a, there's a lot of noise about wanting Duncan Robinson to start. And I understand it. But at the same time, I just think that he's just now starting to be a little more versatile and he's been great this year in a role he's been in but i think tyler Hero's a little more comfortable scoring in different ways when he needs to the issue is just trying to find the balance of because i'll be honest he had the ball way too much mm. he didn't have many options so it was a lot of tyler hero usage and so now he's able to split that with terry rosier and i'm uh, i'm pretty optimistic about that um so it'll end up working out with with the rosier hero butler Highsmith and at a bio lineup. That front court is incredible defensively. And so they make up for the back court, in my opinion. Mm. But they just have to kind of get into rhythm. They have to start to make the shots again. And they have to really acclimate Terry Rose there, who had a great game last game. But now it's up to everybody else to kind of get back to themselves again. Are you a believer that they ultimately get back to themselves with this group, Corbin? Do you think they need to make other additions here? I have some faith. I think, like you said, like like any detail, there's been like a lot of different varied issues and like a lot of stop mm-hmm. starting. And I mean, Terry Rozier is a major change. I've been covering the Hornets and like he's a different type of player in the sense of like a guy who does soak up some usage, does kind of need to play with the ball a little bit. Like he can shoot off the ball, but it's been an adjustment. And again, you talk about Tyler Hero, who's having to adapt his role and how mm-hmm. happy or not happy he is there. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think. It's kind of weird just because of where the Heat are and like, okay, yeah. my, like, are there any bigger moves coming up? I don't see them. Maybe you do. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like outside of like Jimmy and like, I feel like they kind of did it. Right. So yeah. at this point, you just got to hope things gel. And I think, I think there's hope that they will. It's just been a, a rough stretch for them. Yeah. Is that it? Is it, do we think they're done ultimately? Or do we think that they still will, like, they're going to continue? I mean, I guess maybe it depends on who's available and what else, but like, like what who do you think move? about Tyler at I, this point? Duncan? I mean, who is it? Well, also, Jaime, does he move into the starting lineup? You talk about Heisman and everything else. Is he better suited to be off the bench? I think they – so they need somebody off the bench to score. I think mm. Tyler's kind of passed that point in his career. And I think a lot of the issue just watching these games because they had a four, three or four-game stretch where they started off terribly. But for most of the season, they have started off pretty great. But mm. what's happened since Jaime Hawkins has come back into the lineup is he used to be the first guy off the bench. And now supposed bringing him in with like two minutes left. And by then, the other team's already gone on the run. So I yeah. think kind of promote him back to that real six-man role, and that'll help. As far as moves go, I think they just – they traded Kyle Lowry because his contract was expiring and they needed to get something out of it. It wasn't going to help them to keep it. They just don't have enough money for it to make a difference. So I think I think as far as trades aside from that, I, I don't really think so. I'm curious what the Heat do because it feels like they're just uh, – they're so mercurial and up and down. And then you'll like listen to a pod – and I don't know if you feel this way, Chris, but like <laughs> it's uh, you'll listen to someone you respect in the the NBA sphere and they're like, hey, the one team the Celtics don't want to play in a seven game series right now is the Heat. And you're like, the Heat are on a seven game losing streak. Like, why are we still like it just it seems like it doesn't matter. The Heat are immune to any kind of panic from anyone in the NBA media sphere because we've seen them do this so many times just turn it on come playoff time because you can just file it away for uh jimmy's waiting like it'll be fine jimmy's not going down early but it's also like they barely got in last year like this was a slog the the miami heat were i mean they're i I watched them just be right there with the hawks and the hawks had a really really (laughs) rough season obviously they go at down but like they're a game away from not even making the postseason really um if they they had to play their way out of a major hole and we're just talking them into like getting out of another major hole because they just love digging themselves into these. And I just, I don't know if it's sustainable. 
Well, isn't this like Miami's MO at this point? Like they almost get off on like overcoming <laughs> adversity, like putting themselves in a situation where they're like, well, our backs are against the wall. We have Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler at the helm. We just need to get into the playoffs. And then once we're in, no one is going to want to face us. And look, if they end up like against the Milwaukee Bucks again, we know how that ended up the last time as well. I just think mm-hmm. the problem is, barring them making more moves, is that the Eastern, the Eastern Conference, especially like the top half of like the top four seeds, there's like a clear divide between those teams and like the rest of the conference. So unless Miami does start making those necessary moves, I mean, a seven game losing streak in January isn't really going to determine how the season unfolds. I think this is something they will ultimately dig, dig themselves out of. But at the same time, you know, are you on the level of a Boston, a Milwaukee, a Philadelphia, even Indiana, I think is lapping them at this point ever since they got the Pascal trade uh, with the Toronto Raptors. So I don't know if there is a move out there that exists that kind of elevates Miami to a certain spot. But at the same time, like I said, I think if they do get into the playoffs, if they get into the play and they are going to be that one team that those top seeds are going to kind of regret having to go up against. I love the idea of, and I don't, they won't do this. And look, I don't think they're going to, the heat are going to send me a text here. of Like, Hey Chase, um, I need, to, we, we would like to shake things up. What do you, what do you got? Cook on? I bring somebody in. Who's going to piss Jimmy off. Like who is the who's the player that would motivate Jimmy enough to be like, oh, this guy like <laughs> is it Carl Anthony Towns? They just make a trade for Carl Anthony Towns into this roster. You just bring him in and they just all <laughs> revolt and win in spite of of Cad. And just I, that would be funny. Just bring in somebody that really motivates Jimmy to be like, this is not what I want. And I'm just going to do this myself. You need to find new ways to to motivate Jimmy Butler to yeah. give it his all. But I don't Arnold know. Down the league, so. I mean, there you go. Uh, Chris, a team who's on the flip side of this, the Knicks on a winning streak, playing really good basketball. They're a team where like you look at the standings and you're like, wait, 31 and 17, 30. And 30. Wait, the Knicks, like you just I've had in my head for like the last three years of the Thibodeau era. They're just around 500. Like the Knicks, I just feel like have been around 500. And I just that's where I'm going to think they are, no matter how many times I'm checking box scores and watching clips and stuff like that. And mm. they're actually really good Jalen Brunson's playing really good basketball um Julius Randle now out for a little bit we'll see how much that affects them but what post Emmanuel quickly and uh you obviously have a lot of insight into OG and Anobi and his time in Toronto and how he fits there but uh what's going on with the Knicks and are you a believer that this is sustainable yeah, I mean, ever since they made that trade with Toronto, they acquired who I think is one of the best 3 and D players in the NBA, not named like Kawhi Leonard or Paul George in OG and Anobi, like someone mm-hmm. who can basically bolster your defense overnight. I was just looking at the like the defensive stats across the NBA for the month of January because OG's first game with the Knicks was January 1st, I believe. They have the number one defense in basketball. They have the best record in basketball ever since they acquired Ananobi. And I don't think it's just a result of having Ananobi as like your small forward. Obviously, he's made their defense incredible. He can hit corner threes. He's extremely athletic. He's going to be the guy guarding the best player on the other team pretty much all of the time. But I think it was almost like an addition by subtraction in the sense that you got rid of R.J. Barrett. You got rid of Emmanuel quickly. You're basically saying our offense is Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. You don't need to start looking for looks for Barrett off the bench or in the starting lineup. Quickly is no longer this project like this guard of the future because you already have the guard of the present in Jalen Brunson. You're putting more emphasis on Brunson on offense. Julius Randle, again, I don't know if he's going to be the guy come playoff time that could really take you above and beyond where you need to be. But for right here and right now, this trio of Randle, Brunson, and OG Ananobi is one of the best, if not the best, in the entire Eastern Conference. And I I love the addition of Ananobi and and what he's done defensively. Uh, And again, Raptors fans can attest to this. He is someone who has been horribly underrated for so long. Uh, going back to the trade deadline last year when there was the rumors out there of like the amount of draft picks, like first round picks that Masai Ujiri wanted for this guy. I think they should have pulled the trigger then. I still love the haul we got for him. Don't get me wrong, but this is a very valuable piece and the Knicks are reaping the benefits of it. I, I love it. I don't know. Kenny, do you think this group can have a deep playoff run? Do you like the Jalen and OG and Julius Randle when he gets healthy, does this all make enough sense for you to see like, what if they do a heat type run from last year where they actually make the deep Eastern conference finals run that people aren't expecting. That actually wouldn't surprise me at all. I think Chris hit the nail on the head as far as the addition by subtraction. 
and not having to worry about trying to get RJ touches. And I love Emmanuel quickly. I think he was great for the Knicks, but kind of being able to focus and have a real identity. I think every time the Knicks have been really good with this build, it's been a defensive identity they've had. The question really this whole time, sort of, unfortunately, because I like him, has always kind of been what version of Julius Randle you're going to get. But lately he's been great. And I we don't even have to say anything about Jalen Brunson. I look, he destroyed my team last year. Thank <laughs> God we got the win, but he's incredible. And so, like, you know, that, I, I I can definitely see that. No question. I think anytime you have a defense, I think I saw a stat today where the entire month of January, they've only allowed 110 points one time. Mm. And so when you're playing that kind of defense, it, it's just you're you're tough to beat especially with how easy OG makes things. I think another thing to kind of mention with him is how well he moves off the ball and the reads he makes and how smart he is without the ball and just making things easy for himself and for his team. And so, no, the Knicks, I think, are definitely legit. Corbin, do you agree? Legit? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I, I'm weird because I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a name New Yorker. You think I would be more on board with them? <laughs> I think they are. I just don't know like what is legit. Like, is that like definitely a playoff team, right? Like a second round Eastern Conference Finals. Like in my mind, I think they do need some additional offense. Like you said, like Julius Randle as like your one B or one A, depending on how you feel about Jalen Brunson. Like he kind of runs hot and cold, right? Like he's <laughs> as prone to getting a three for twenty one game as he is to getting a a forty twenty or something like that. Um, and, and we all know, you know, small guard like Jalen Brunson don't really win. You know, we've heard that discourse for the last two weeks. So, yeah. But like, but like, just kidding. But like, also, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like there needs to be additional firepower. Like, he's definitely simplified it, and so that's great because you're right. Offensively, um, as Chris pointed out, like you did have to go and try to make some room for RJ Barrett. He runs hot and cold. We know his efficiency's always been an issue, right? You look mm-hmm. at, like I said, quickly, and you're trying to make room for him too, but you're not. But you are. That's been a thing. So now, yes, the pecking order is clearly defined. Great. This is not enough in my mind consistently, right? Look, then you're looking at guys, you know, in a playoff series, hopefully Dante DiVincenzo or um, or I'm a Josh Hart or other guys who, you know, chip in here and there but aren't consistently like 13 to 15 point scores are going to be that. And I, I don't know. I just think that's kind of a, a stretch um, or a lot to ask. Maybe not a stretch. Those guys can put the ball in the basket, but just not on a regular basis like that. So I do think they need to have just one other player, even if it's like just a straight up gunner position and they get, is it a big, cause like Harden seems starting I mean, with Mitch out for the no. year. Like that, that hurt him. I don't know if that's the spot to upgrade. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't well, know who's really out there. I, I know that, I know that they just did a trade with the Toronto Raptors, but I would do Evan Fournier and Quentin Grime. No, the Raptors need Pirtle. Have you seen how bad <laughs> their defense is since we lost the center? We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're giving Thaddeus Young 35 minutes a game. So here <laughs> with us. Raptors fans. Hey, the tank uh, the is here. Would do, yeah. yeah, exactly. That we need, we need that pick to stay, but I would do oh, Evan oh. Fournier and Quentin Grimes for Bruce Brown tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> I don't hate, hate Bruce Brown on the next. So what's that best five? I just, the next Bruce Brown, OG Jules Brunson and who, who's that? Hardenstein? Guy? Probably Hardenstein. Yeah. Mm. Or, or Todd Gibson, if you're, you know. I mean, shout out to Taj. <laughs> Taj Gibson. <laughs> he used to keep getting them checks legend, man. The man, like, I don't know what he's going to, like, the tip's probably going to, I don't know if he makes the, uh, the Basketball Hall of Fame. He's going to be like, mm-hmm. But if he does, Taj should be the one who gives him his introduction speech because Taj has been, like, the man has just been with him through thick and thin and just <laughs> hanging around and, I mean, just getting that guy paid. Hey, yeah. take care of your people. And Tibbs has taken care of Taj Gibson. Long he'll term. be he'll be in as a contributor, yeah. you know, in the hall. I don't, I don't think Brown's the gunslinger they need, but like at the same time, no. he just won a championship with Denver. Like yeah. if Denver doesn't make a move to get him back, like I, I really like that fit with New York. Well, isn't there something weird with Brown in the salary cap where you can't trade him with somebody else? Like he has to be. You a can't one trade one. him as a part of a package. Like you can trade him, but he can't be just paired him. with anybody else. Okay. So, so, okay. one so the Raptors trade fine. would work. So you can still do two players for one. He just can't be pe- yeah. picked. Okay, he has to be yeah, you the can't only put him with person. Anybody else on the Raptors, oh, okay. Yeah. Welcome, Brown. Right. Do for you. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Corbin is Embiid ducking <laughs> Jokic in Denver, and is there anything the league can do to address this? I, I don't think he's ducking Jokic. I mean, they played in Philadelphia, and like, yeah, it looked weird. I think the optics of he hasn't whatever played there in what four years. 
Is it four? Yeah, but I feel like that's almost like when Durant and LeBron play like for the first time in five years. Like there's a lot of other stuff behind the scenes of injuries or whatever the case may be. Like it's true, it's been a while. It does look a little sus, but like it also <laughs> doesn't. Like, I mean, it does because like, wow, it's been a minute. But then you look, I mean, on it was circling on Twitter acts like the whole reasons why. And mm-hmm. honestly, like Embiid has had a lot of injuries. Like you play Denver twice a year. Right, once in Denver, once in Philly. The odds, the math. I'm not a math guy, but like, I'm just saying, I, I don't find it too crazy. I think this one was crazy because of how soon he went from being available or potentially. It was like 15 know, minutes, in, right? Exactly, and I really feel like that's more of like a training staff mm-hmm. thing, or like a like a like a. That's not really Embiid. That's more of the Philadelphia 76ers, and I'm sure the NBA will do something. I mean, if they if they really are cracked on that much about it, like yeah, it was a marquee matchup during your NBA rivalries week, which. Need some fine tuning anyway, but I mean, these are your last two MVPs. Yeah. Which is why you kind of want them to play. Yeah. So I agree. I just think like, even if they're not going to play, they definitely need to have some more time where that's put out there, you know? And I think that there was something fishy or whatever going on back there. And that needs to be sorted out. I'm sure the NBA will figure out something. Um, But I don't know. I don't really have faith in the NBA. Like they're, they've already been doing things between, you know, the 65 game rule now. And like, they were already doing like investigations on like, players missing games and that's been come on that's been almost 10 years now remember when Nine Greg players have figured out new ways we got spencer yeah. Dinwiddie being alleged to quiet quit over here well, well, <laughs> I mean, people are finding listen, new ways to listen. get around this rule spencer Dinwiddie is quiet quitting just by showing up like dude <laughs> wow i'm sorry nah he's he's trash i'm sorry he has been this year let me just say that let me just say i'm not a big spencer fan this year but ben like, simmons though, like a plus 28 out of the gate here man ben simmons for, shows for like hey we all need rest months, yeah. we all need no? to take our pto because you come back refreshed you come back ready to go Shout out to Ben Simmons, man. Yeah. But no, I just think the NBA has been on this for a minute. I mean, they, like I said, Greg Popovich used to rest all his starters on like marquee games against like the Miami yeah. Heat back in like 2013. <laughs> so like this has been a thing for years. I'm sure they'll try to figure out something. There'll be another loophole found around that. It's the push and pull, the give and take there. But as far as I'm ducking, no, I don't know. I would say the same thing if Jokic didn't play in Philly. Like it's unfortunate. It's kind of dumb. I feel bad for the fans. Um, they, I was lucky. I felt good that they at least got a good game. Like they didn't get to see Embiid, but the 76ers came and played, you know? So that's my takeaway. I mean, they now. should give money back, especially 15 minutes before. You know, there are people already in the building. Yeah. yeah. And they announced, like, nah, man. I'm with that. But <laughs> this you know, is my Saturday, Saturday night. I was here for Embiid, Jokic, and mm-hmm. like, I understand Max, he wasn't available, but like, I, I'm here for Embiid. Absolutely. Jokic. Like, you know why I'm here. Yeah, and that that has to be like at that point you're already in the arena when you find out. Yes, exactly. Oh, I, I, I mean, you can't I'd sell your ticket, yeah. man. I'd be throwing a fit in the nose. Of you, <laughs> they wouldn't it's be able to hear me. I'd be raging in seat three fifty five, row three fifty five or something. I don't know. I well, what do you do? Like, can you imagine being at the new Clippers arena? Where have you seen those seats with how high up they go? Like, oh, yeah. can you imagine being there and you don't realize Kawhi's taking a DMP seat oh, and, you're, and you get all the way up there, and then they announce like ten minutes before tip. Kawhi and Paul George are not available, Hope and you're, you're already all the way up there. Island in oh, Terrence Man minutes. Folks, stay home. Do not buy those tickets. Do not buy those tickets. Those are some of the worst seats I've ever seen. Like, why would you do it? Don't do that. Um, What's your gut tell you, Kenny? Do you think Embiid's ducking him or no? Do you think it's a coincidence like Corbett thinks? I think it's a coincidence. I think Joel Embiid would love nothing more than to outplay Jokic and post about it. (laughs) So I don't don't think he's ducking him. It's it's, it's like Corbin said. They only get two chances per year. Mm. And Embiid's pretty injury prone anyway. It's it's unfortunate. It is a little weird how long they took, but the story behind it was he had every intention to play, and the and the team just shut him down this time. So There's not really much control he has over that. But I, no, nah, I I think Jordan B, like I said, will love nothing more than to go out there and compete against Jokic. It just hasn't been able to happen. And that's what we hear a lot, right? It's it's the yeah. players want to play. It's the medical staff mm-hmm. who makes these calls and sees this, and that never gets out. So the players take the blame right. for this kind of thing when it's really the the team doctors who are ultimately deciding this. Um. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see what ultimately ends up happening here. But I mean, Chris, is this the dream matchup for the finals? Just because you have them chanting, where's Embiid at this? Like, we need Nuggets Sixers in the finals because this would just be yeah. a whole lot of fun for these two crowds. I, I think just for the marketability of it, I think the NBA is probably secretly pining for Philadelphia and Denver. I, it's not the two biggest markets in the NBA. I'm sure Adam Silver would love to see like the Lakers get there or like even the heat get back for example but like even like to answer your question i i don't think Embiid was initially 
ducking mm. Jokic. But I think now <laughs> I wouldn't use the word ducking. I think it's more so just he's playing mind games. I think he knows <laughs> how tightly compared he and Jokic are. They're obviously the last two league MVPs. You saw mm. him on the sidelines. He was totally egging on the fans in Denver. He knows exactly how important this matchup is. And every time they go head to head, it's a massive deal. And yeah. the last time they played, and B dropped 41 on Jokic in a Philadelphia win. So he's probably like, you know what? I got the hardware last time. I got the last W on Jokic. If I see this guy again, it's not going to be into the fi- it's not going to be until the finals and I'm already in his head potentially anyway. So I think Embiid, he's the ultimate heel. He's like he would be a perfect professional wrestler. He knows exactly what he's doing. I love it. Uh Kenny, the Cavs are winning. They're getting healthy. Yeah. No one's really talking about the Cavs and I mean, look, everyone's just waiting on what Donovan Mitchell does does after uh, his contract runs out in Cleveland. But, I mean, are you buying the Cavs being a legitimate East contender once again? Um, It's tough because defensively, with the front court at least, and it's not the Max Juice because he was not defending like this in Miami. Mm. So credit to him for whatever he has going on up there. So defensively, I can kind of see it. When you talk about Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, that's – we don't have to speak too much on them. Isaac Okoro, obviously, who's also kind of added himself to his offense, which I really like. But that's a lot of depending on Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland on offense whenever mm-hmm. Darius Garland gets healthy. And so I do think they could probably get to the second round and maybe push a team to seven games, get close to a conference finals. But I think the East is just a little too strong. I like they, If they go up against Boston, I think they're done. If they go up against – if the Knicks keep this up, I think they're done. But I do like the team. I do like the defensive identity they're also taking on, including Donovan Mitchell kind of improving on a lot on what he was in Utah defensively. And so I I like them. I just don't think it's enough, really. Corbin, I mean, you look at them, they're pretty deep, right? Like, it's funny. Mm -hmm. Like, when they're healthy, this is a deep team. Like, you – Kenny mentioned Okoro and Struess, and they've thrown a lot. They kind of remind me of – I mean, with the Clippers to a smaller extent. Remember, the Clippers are throwing out Jamal Crawford, Wesley Johnson, Paul Pierce. They're just trying to find that fifth guy to round out around Blake, DJ, uh, Chris, and uh, JJ. Where They're like, we have our four. We know Jared Allen, Mobley, Garland and uh mitchell like we know those four but we just cannot figure out who that fifth guy is and maybe it's niang maybe it's uh dean wade like i don't know they have options that they've thrown a lot at it but you look at it and they're like they're 9 10 karis lavert too i mean they they have a lot of dudes who i think can contribute and if they can just get healthy and it, they're getting closer now i mean i think they're they're a really good team they're a deep team it's just it's not i wonder how much of it is just that like Mobley is not a star yet. And I think everyone's just been waiting on Mobley to take that leap for people to really buy in on what the Cavs can be. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, people really expected a big leap from him between this past year and this season. Obviously, injuries have been a big part of this season. But even when he was playing, we weren't seeing the offensive regression I think people were hoping to see, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's coming to a point where maybe my next season, we kind of reshipped expectations on what that looks like. Like, it was always like, oh, you know, if he consistently stretch out to three, you know, if he can get his jump shot going. And maybe that's just... Maybe he's more Jonathan Isaac than we thought, you know? I mean, disrespectfully, but just like, you know, in a way of like not being that guy offensively because, yeah, a lot of cast folks and we're really hoping that the leap would be taken. But, yeah, they're a good team. It's honestly, we just haven't really seen them healthy, like like it's been mentioned. So, you know, now we got, you know, Darius Garland back. You you have Ember Mobley now back. You've already won, what, 11 straight, 10 straight. One of those two, like you've been going on a nice little run. Yeah, put it all together, get some continuity. Now you have just sheer talent back. Like, they're a very solid team. Are they, like, a Milwaukee or – I mean, not a Milwaukee. I'm going to say Boston. Start with Boston. Or Milwaukee or Philly. Maybe they're more in the Philly, New York kind of area. You know, that, like – like I, like I said, area there. But I, I don't – I don't know. They just haven't got a lot of – Who do you think they give the most problems to, Chris? Like, among Boston, Philly, and well, – let's just go Boston and Philly there. Which team do they give the Milwaukee most problems too, excuse me. to? Yeah, I would, which I would say Milwaukee. Team? I would say yeah. Milwaukee. Um, just because Milwaukee can't stop anybody anymore. So I'm with Donovan <laughs> Mitchell. I think that guy could drop 40 in his sleep, especially against a defense uh like Milwaukee. And they and again, they have the size to like throw at Embiid. Uh mm. no one can stop Embiid, even Jared Allen and Evan Mobley combined. I mean, Embiid is what he is at this point, but 
I'm, I kind of connect what Cleveland's doing right now to what Miami's doing. It's the polar opposite, but I don't think it's a sign of how far or how deep this team can ultimately go. I'm looking. I'm just looking at like the winning streak that they've had. Like, if you look at the wins that they've accumulated, they beat Washington twice, big deal. They beat San Antonio, Brooklyn, Chicago. They blew out Milwaukee when they didn't have Giannis into the combo. Atlanta, Orlando, they beat Milwaukee again, but that was on the second time. It was like a, a two away games in a row against Milwaukee, and then it was a scheduled loss for the Clippers. Like they were due for a loss anyway. So. You have to beat the teams that are in front of you. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not trying to downplay what Cleveland is doing. But at the same time, it's like, again, we're in January. This is a nice little streak that they're on, and they are getting their players back. I wouldn't even pick them in a series against New York at this point. Mm. I. It's just funny because, like, the stats love them, and it's back-to-back years. They're number two in defense right now. You look at it, the Wolves, number one in the West. The Wolves are 19th in offense, number one in defense. The Cavs are number two in defense, number 16 in offense. They're right there. You could make the case that like if they're in the West right now, what's their record if they're all healthy all year long? I don't know. The Cavs are just, it doesn't seem like whatever. Everyone just, let's see what happened in the playoffs. I think what happened in the Knicks series yeah. last year left a sour taste in everyone's mouths when it comes to mm-hmm. what the Cavs are and what they uh, can ultimately be. And now New York's uh, better, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. That's yeah, that's not great. But no Mitchell Robinson in that series if they get them again in the first round. So I don't know if I would take the Knicks this time around. But you, we, who knows? Um, Corbin, league pass team right now to watch. Why? Why not? Gigi Jackson, Vince Williams, the Memphis Grizzlies. Are they a? How would you sell uh, fans watching the Memphis Grizzlies right now? Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, like, they, no, they've had some good games. Uh, Jan Jackson Jr. has been solid. I think this month, last month of January, average, what, 24 points, six rebounds, mm-hmm. just under three assists per game. Vince Williams has been good. Like, every game he seems to get better and better, and he's solid. Um, that really be it kind of for me. I mean, there's guys there I definitely want to see. I think they're interesting more for, like, what could happen. Like, mm-hmm. will Kennard be – will Kennard – Luke Kennard be moved, right? Like, maybe you look at John Conchar. Like, he's under contract through 2027 but he's averaging 60 minutes a game. Like maybe you try to make a move for, you know, outside of your what, John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, because his extension kicks in and they're going to be a lot more expensive next season. Like what happens there? Aside from that, I mean, if Santi Aldama really gets you going, then like, you know, tune into the Memphis Grizzlies, like <laughs> for sure. But like if I see like a Grizzlies-Hawks game or a Grizzlies-Wizards game, I, unless it's the last game on, you will not catch me catching that game. But um, but they're fine. Like like they're, they're a good – like they have solid players. I'm just – they are what they are, which is a lottery team. Like, let's be real, right? Um, mm-hmm. At this point, it's one of those teams where if you're a diehard, like a sickle for that team, where you really want to see young players develop and, and get minutes and try to, like, chart some progress over the course of a season, then you tune in the Memphis Grizzlies. If you're looking for, like, the NBA on TNT, you're not tuning into the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> no. And, like, Kenny, you look at their defense. I mean, they're still going to be a top 10 defense. So it's like yeah. they can't get that bad. And they're still going to be a pain uh, to everybody they play night in, night out. I mean, how much is that, like, if you're a Grizzlies fan right now, are you like, this kind of sucks because we're having the season from hell. We don't have Joff for yeah. a year. It'd be nice just to get a lottery pick, a high lottery pick. Like, let's yeah. be in a warrior spot from years ago where you yeah. want to be in that top three. You're like, this is a weird gap year. Let's take advantage of it. I don't think they're going to be in that spot. I think the Grizzlies are going to be good enough defensively to yeah. steal enough games, right? Yeah, and so I'm maybe the wrong person to ask because I'm a sicko. <laughs> so if I were a Grizzlies fan, I'd still be watching and I'd still be fully invested in Gigi Jackson and Vince Williams. But hold on. So before that, why do you like mm-hmm. them both? If for the casual, like, so why are you invested in both of them for the the casual NBA fan right now? So for Gigi Jackson, it's more of a story. We're talking about somebody who is the youngest player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And he was this, I'm not going to, there, there aren't huge high school stars anymore, but he was a highly touted, high school player he's coming fresh off of that and now he's on this team that we know when healthy is good and so you have that potential going for him so if they come back maybe he's able to kind of play hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A little bit, and he's also just pretty exciting to watch. And Vince Williams, same thing. This seemingly came out of nowhere. At one point, I haven't checked in a couple of days, but he was at about 17.5 points and eight rebounds mm. over a certain stretch. And so that's pretty impressive. And so I would love to see, and it's like, and I, I made this, I made this comparison on on my show on Playoff How. Um, my hope would be a '99 Spurs thing, to where like we know mm. the team is good, they're just injured, and so you have these young guys, and you get this high pick, and now they all come back. Now there's no Tim Duncan in pretty much any draft, yeah. <laughs> but you do hope you get a high pick, and then you bring them in with this team and then a couple of these young guys also stick around and now you really got something for next year. So that would be, if I'm a Grizzlies fan, that's what I'm tuning in for. But anybody else, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sell the casual fan on this team. I'm going to be <laughs> honest with you. But they play hard and they play yeah. hard for the coach. They haven't quit this year. And uh, we talked about this in the last few weeks, Chris, but like the Jaron injury stuff is always going to be looming. And mm-hmm. you mentioned the Tim Duncan, Kenny, it's like, that's kind of like his, best comp was like what he is defensively and just kind of a modern Tim Duncan in a lot of ways with this size and just spacing the floor and just a really, really smart basketball player who can, who's just a menace all over the board and just the basketball IQ through the roof and just an anchor down there who can shoot threes and this, that, and the other, but he's healthy and an all-star type player this year. And you just kind of burn that when he hasn't been healthy for years in this league that if you're a Grizzlies fan, I think you kind of feel a little weird about it we're like do we shut down jaron because we don't we really need him next year we don't really need him right now and he's actually actively hurting us falling down uh the draft lottery uh numbers it w- wasn't that long ago when memphis played my raptors I, mm-hmm. I, I i admittedly don't watch a lot of grizzlies basketball because like 99 percent of their roster is hurt but like jackson mm-hmm. <laughs> was like the guy had like five steals in the first quarter which i think mm-hmm. like tied his career high like defensively, you know what you're going to get from him. Offensively, he doesn't need to be this juggernaut, except yeah. now because again they're lacking bodies because of the guys around him. I just think you know trying to convince people to watch Grizzlies basketball this year is easier said than done because like again, no one is no one is available. If they were completely healthy, they'd probably be a top three seed in the Western Conference. But mm-hmm. look, shit hits the fan. <laughs> they had the worst luck of any team in the NBA this this year by far. Uh, I wouldn't personally shut down Jaron Jackson because, like, if you're that organization, you need to convince these fans to tune in for something. And if he's the only one with two healthy legs, then you got to put him out there. Mm-hmm. Need to trade for Sam Morrell. He was out here eight of thirteen the other night for Cleveland, where I'm like, that man's a gunner. They just need dudes getting up five threes in the first quarter immediately. Uh, Isn't there a Pokemon named the- Merrill? Like a little uh, blue puffy Pikachu looking thing. Shout out to all my Pokemon fans out there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it um chris wild nba trade idea of the week who do you have for us this week sir i got i got a good one for you it's it, okay. it's a little bit awkward now because kenny's here and i know you're a heat guy and it, <laughs> i think ultimately it will be determined if this losing streak continues and what this team ultimately realizes its ceiling is but the trade suggestion i have is trading jimmy butler to the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, wow. and now I know that's it's we're 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 going we're reaching here, guys. Uh, I don't know if you do it for Tobias Harris. Um, there is a package that works with Tobias Harris and like Patrick Beverly, and you throw in a, an abundance of draft picks. Philly is also swimming Corbin in expiring contracts. I swear, <laughs> like this team has no one locked in uh, next mm. season. But I think it, it, again, from Miami's perspective, Jimmy Butler is 34 years old. And if Pat Riley does come to terms with the fact that maybe this team 
maximized its potential last season when it shocked the world and it got as far as it did going to the NBA Finals. But then, like we all discussed earlier, the Eastern Conference is so much better. You can't get away with that anymore. And maybe this team just isn't talented enough to reach the heights that they did in 2023. Now, with Philadelphia, you cannot waste this Joel Embiid season like you have Mm. in the past. Like if if they get to the second round and they fall short again, that is such a black eye on this franchise. And they need to do everything that they can to get not just to the Eastern Conference Finals, but to the NBA Finals and beyond. And I think Jimmy Butler might be that missing ingredient. Now, we all know how that relationship <laughs> previously ended. Philadelphia essentially chose Harris over Butler. Mm-hmm. And then Butler had this tremendous success with the Miami Heat. But I think... Knowing that you have Joel Embiid playing as well as he is, you have Tyrese Maxey as the number two, you put Jimmy Butler into that fold. Again, maybe that is the thing that gets them past the Milwaukee Bucks, the the, the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference. I think it, it is something to strongly consider, but that falls on Miami and whether or not they, you know, they they realize their own mortality at this point. Kenny, only- how do you feel about that? And we kind of alluded to this a little earlier. The thing that would terrify me about really ever trading Jimmy is he's said multiple times that he 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 openly doesn't care about the regular season. It frustrates me having to sit through it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he he's like literally on camera saying, I don't start playing basketball already until like February. Yeah. He, he so I would be horrified of getting rid of Jimmy and then he does what he does in the playoffs. And it's like, see, we we could have still had that. Uh, I, yeah, I, 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 that would just scare me. But I'd you know what's going to happen at one point? Like when it, when the wheels, he, Jimmy's like yeah. one of those guys, when the wheels fall off, when it's They're over, gonna off it's going to yeah. be yeah. over, over. Yeah. Like he's out of the league quick over but yeah. just because he doesn't shoot threes. He's just the, when the, that everything else goes, I, Jimmy, it's going to be rough when Jimmy goes. Yeah. His, his whole game is basically getting beat up. Yeah. He draws a lot of fouls, but without flopping. So it's just a lot of, drawing contact and getting mm-hmm. hit. And so it's going to be a very steep decline. But I, as crazy as it sounds, with how much money he's going to be making at the back end of his contract, I'd rather see that than to have any other team get playoff Jimmy. Yeah. But you've gotten a lot of great playoff Jimmy moments. And to Chris's yeah. point, I mean, Philly has a move, right, Corbin? Yeah. Like, Philly has to do something. Like, Tyrese Maxey's awesome. He'll be back soon. He's having an all-star level a year. But you can't waste this because speaking of guys, when it's over with Embiid, we've seen yeah. this so many times with seven footers and with Embiid's injury history going into the league. Like it's going to end quick for Embiid too. like it will be MVP to not healthy. And then he's just it's just going to end. And you're going to be like, wow, Embiid's played like 30 games the last two years. And then it's just over. Um, you can't waste it. And Jimmy obviously respects Embiid. They have that great relationship. And the what if, if the ball bounces a certain way for uh, Chris's Raptors, who knows what happens for that uh, Sixers team years ago. But I don't know. I mean, I love the idea of the Sixers doing something like that, because I do think Daryl Morey has to be very bold. And Nick Nurse, I just imagine somewhere listening to this podcast being like, wait a second, we get to trade more depth. So I can just play three guys, 43 minutes and three guys who are down to play 43 minutes of the 48 every night. Perfect. Cause we, uh, we, we know he wants to shrink that rotation, uh, always, uh, wherever and, he is. I, and just but, a, like, kind of like a seldom, like under the radar point. And I don't know yeah. if like people in Miami are, are more in the know. I can't imagine Butler was a fan of the team trading Kyle Lowry. Like those two are like legit, like best friends. Yeah. I could see Lowry once he, because he's going to get bought out by Charlotte, no question about it. Mm-hmm. I could see Lowry joining the Sixers too, and yeah. then mm-hmm. Butler. I'm not going to say Butler's going to force his way out. Like obviously he has a good thing going in Miami, but again he's locked in for several more years. He's going to be 37 mm-hmm. at the end of his contract. And, and again, you make a great point. Like the the wheels are going to fall, fall fall off sooner rather than later. And it's not like Miami doesn't have young pieces. They still have right. the rookie that they nailed that pick on this year. They have Tyler Hero. They have Bam Adebayo. And if you get those expiring contracts from Philadelphia, you have a lot of resources available at your disposal this summer. So yeah. it's not the end of the world. They can fix that situation really quick. Yeah, definitely. And the Heat definitely don't ever. The point I've made a point before with the Heat, and it's pretty crazy to think about so like since pat rowdy got there there have only been two times where the heat have been a legitimately bad and out of it team hmm. and that was the early 2000s when alonzo morning almost died yeah 
And it was when Dwayne Wade blew a shoulder out for like six mm-hmm. months. They were bad. And so definitely for sure they'll be able to recover. I'm just still kind of like, I, I I just don't want to see it, me personally. Is there not one about. deal? Is there something, what if it's not even Jimmy? Like, what if, they, is there a chance they do sell though? Like, they're just like, we really just don't have it. Like, they just take a quiet sell. They did move Kyle Lowry and company, yeah. bring in Rogier, but like, could they do a Tyler Hero trade where it's like, they don't get a, I, I don't know. Like, because Hero is just, it, it just seems like they're never going to get the Hero thing right like hero is a good player it just feels like it's always going to be kind of awkward in and out with him i feel like they they might but they already kind of put themselves in a tough situation with him also because mm-hmm. they kept him out of a lot of trades he's only there been a lot of trade rumors but just me kind of knowing like people like who cover the team and be, they, he's only really ever been available for kevin durant and for damian lillard mm-hmm. there, there have been other offers for him like just this past summer there were it's contrary to whatever everybody else was saying, like I know for certain there were about six or seven teams who really wanted Tyler Hero this summer mm-hmm. and, wanted, and wanted to get involved with a dang trade and try to get Tyler. But he'd have been real tough to let him go. So I don't know how quickly they'd be able to really settle on letting him go, especially with him just turning 24. Uh, but the Heat's uh, usual idea of selling is just – Clearing out their role players and figuring out they, they don't really sell and Tyler I wouldn't consider a star, but they don't really like trade their main guys until they're like clearly over the hill. And mm-hmm. even even and even with Shaq, it took the relationship with Pat Roddy going south and almost getting physical for him to get traded. And so I I think with the Heat, it would all it would just be like a really big four or five player like role player trade and just coming in with a new roster. Similar to what they did a couple of years ago, um, getting Jay Crowder and um, and Andre Iguodala. Yeah. After, after Justice Winslow was kind of done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's more of what the team, what the Heat do with selling instead of like kind of trading the main guys. They don't really trade the main guys too much. Interesting. I like it. Uh, Corbin, Corbin's corner this week, sir. What uh, what NBA thought has uh, been uh, been on your mind all week long? I think it's interesting as we get to like trade season and hearing all about like how players um, like are valued and, you know, what they're looked at and how much of that is like, you know, carrying water, how much of that is, you know, inflating it. I just find it interesting, especially with like talks, obviously with the Hawks and Lakers and all of that. But I'm actually going to go with the Clippers. I really am bringing this mm. up because I was looking at his numbers because he was talking about his untouchable piece and all these things um, when they were trying to get James Harden. They ended up getting James Harden without him. But Terrence Mann. Hmm. Um, like this, this guy that's been like the, the clip has been rolling so it hasn't been thought and brought up and like they're probably not going to make a move they don't have to make a move like they're pretty solid but like over the last stretch of games Terrence Mann I mean for the season he's averaging you know and the counting stats aren't everything it's seven points three rebounds and just under two assists hmm. 45% from the field just 30% from three Um, but he's been like an average player like for someone who's been talking about like oh like he's a young prospect the dude's 27 no disrespect, that's right in my age range. Like, but still, like that's not that's 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 like okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And over the last couple of games, he had a 13-point game, a 17-point game, and a 14-point game. He also had a five-point game, a two-point game, and and, and a and a seven-point game, averaging about 20 to 28 minutes a game. So I think it's interesting about how players are looked at and valued by certain teams, how much of that is um well, I can't remember the word I'm trying to use when you're trying to like Posture, posturing. There you go. Like mm-hmm. how much of posturing, how much that isn't, um, and the value that they actually hold. Because like, yeah, Terrence Mann, if you trade him in the James Harden trade, probably shouldn't have done that. Like you didn't have to, apparently. Harden's been great, but like maybe Terrence Mann could have got you something else if he was as valued as highly as it seemed he was over the offseason, you know? And so I'm looking at that thing with that same mindset of the Hawks with DeJounte Murray. Like just how valuable is DeJounte Murray on the Lakers than he is on the Spurs, than he is on, I don't know, Toronto or something. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or um, D'Angelo Russell. Everyone's like, oh, like D'Angelo's been a solid player this year. Like, yes, he's had issues and defensively, you know what it is and all of that, but he's been having a really solid year. And you have teams like, oh, we want him on the team. And it's like, if you're trying to like not win a championship, but you're trying to be a competitive team, like he's a good guy to be there. So I just think the value of players is something I've been thinking a lot about over the last week, mm-hmm. especially as trades fly and we're like, oh, this guy is this or this person is that. Like, I get it. Some of the eye tests, some of the look, but like actually just like the conversation around I wish was a little more nuanced than it's been. I don't, I just don't, the Clippers are so interesting because they're another team you're like kind of waiting for the bottom to fall out where it's mm-hmm. like they're healthy. Kawhi is playing at an unbelievable level right now. 
I mean, Paul George has these moments in their game, and like you just don't know when Paul George is going to be like, "All right, I'm going to be the best player in the in the league for 12 minutes." This is uh, this is happening. Russ been fine, quiet off the bench. It's okay. Like Russ has settled into his role. Um, Zubac, when he's healthy, like you have your you have your bigs with him and Tice, and they kind of just they seem to really know their team. They're eight or nine guys. Terrence Mann fits in there. He doesn't demand a lot of action. He's okay with Harden, George, and Kawhi doing their thing. Like he's just like, I'll do my thing. I'll go eight, five, and four and get my cardio in and uh we'll be all right. Like I'll be a souped up Tony Snell, it'll be okay. Um, but I just don't know what else they have left. Like the Clippers are done. Like the Clippers have <laughs> traded everything. This, this is it. Like, I don't know who else, like Terrence Mann, I don't know what he brings in a deal like you're not getting Tyler hero for Terrence Mann, or you're not getting a significant piece for him. So I just, they don't have the picks and it's just him. I, I just feel like by, I mean, Norman Powell has been good for them, but you kind of need Norman Powell on the bench mm-hmm. uh, for this group. So I don't know. The Clippers are just, to me, they're not stuck in a negative way. They're a, an elite team and they have a real shot at making a deep playoff run if they're all healthy. But I also just don't, know what they can do i just feel like this is it like the clippers are in with their team they have made every last move it's over like the only other moves are trading these stars and blowing it all the way up you just can't do anything else i feel like i don't know if y'all agree well what's tough with the clippers too is just kind of the proof of concept as far as what they've been because mm. even dating back to the lob city days they've always had deep teams with a lot of talent that just mm. weren't able to get it done and even now I see kind of their vision for it, but like you mentioned, health is always a problem. And James Harden has his playoff history, which is a little overstated. He's had good playoff games, but when it comes to closing out, it gets tough. Um, past couple of years, Paul George has also had issues with that. Now, Kawhi is Kawhi, mm-hmm. but again, that depends on health. And so I love that team, but I, I just don't know if I really believe in them come playoff time. Like, I don't either, know either. Yeah. But like either result wouldn't surprise me. They're borderline top 10 in both. Like I always yeah. look at that. They're 12th in defense right now, fourth in offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're fourth right now in adjusted net. I mean, they're an elite team by every metric. You just look at yeah. it. If they're healthy, I just, I mean, can we all say that they can make the finals? Is it scary to say the Clippers could win the West? No, no, no it's realistic. It, it, it wouldn't yeah, surprise it really- me. The Nuggets still terrify me if I'm literally anybody else aside from the Nuggets. But the Clippers wouldn't surprise me. No. If if they play them out off, they go to the finals. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I I just just think the drop-off is like they're in the same boat as Phoenix where they need their Hmm. big three to be completely healthy because the moment one of them is out, the the entire dynamic shifts. Mm -hmm. I just want Phoenix, Minnesota in the first round because – the pressure on both of those teams in a first round matchup. Mm-hmm. If oh, yeah. Suns are the eight seed and Memphis has this great breakout year, cat and ant and everything else where people don't want to believe in the wolves. And it was all just regular season gobbledygook <laughs> and the Suns just curb stomp them in the first round or the Suns If they go down in flames and Devin Booker still goes out and they still get beat four one. It's like, Oh God, what did the Suns do? Um, I don't know. I, that's the matchup I'm rooting for so hard is I want Suns Wolves in the first round just because of the pressure cooker each game will be that I think it'll be pretty, pretty tense uh, all across the board here. Kenny, um, final thing here. Warriors, are they good? Uh, are they good? Is it a good idea for them to be considering trading Chris Paul and Andrew Wiggins as the reports indicate this week? Chris Paul, I'm not sure. Um, it's not, I, I don't really know what... To- the, the NBA now is stacked with point guards. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Chris Paul wants to come off the bench for anybody. And so it's going to get a little tough. So I don't know how much they're going to really get back for Chris Paul, unfortunately, because Chris Paul is one of my favorite players ever. Uh, now, the Andrew Wiggins thing, I think so, because it's getting to a point where Jonathan Kaminga has to continue to play. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he has tonight, but he's been rolling lately. And he was playing well right before I turned my TV off to record. Mm-hmm. And so right now they're I think 19 and 24. So it's not terrible. It's not they can go on a quick little win streak and be fine. So I don't know if they should sell anything, but I think if they're going to, it would probably have to be Andrew Wiggins before Chris Paul. Because even with Chris Paul and maybe it's a little shaky fit, but that's just a lot of IQ on the floor when if he's healthy and they'll be able to figure something out with Chris Paul. I think with Andrew Wiggins, you can kind of replace what he does 
in a sense, with what Jonathan Kaminga is doing and have him be younger and not have to really worry about the – even though Jonathan Kaminga had his stuff with, with Steve Kerr a couple weeks ago, not have to really worry about the mental stuff as much. Would you want either on the Heat? Is Would either move the needle for you? Um, I don't think so, honestly. I could see I think, Wiggins on the Heat. I could see that being like a, a, not a Jay Crowder type move for yeah. them. I think so. And actually, um, he was one of the only guys on that Timberwolves team that Jimmy Butler did like. Hmm. And so I could see it in that sense. But as as much as I fully understand how how annoying it is to everyone else, the heat culture thing is a real thing. Mm -hmm. And there there are certain players they just don't really accept unless they're very cheap, like Hassan Whiteside when they got him or whatever it is. And so I'm I'm not sure if they would actually do it. But I wouldn't mind Andrew Wiggins. Especially if he's playing like he did a couple playoffs ago when they won a championship and he's rebounding and defending and all that, then yeah, absolutely. Come on. What do you think, Chris? I also I also want to have like a PSA of like stop <laughs> trading every Canadian player to the Toronto Raptors. Because <laughs> I swear I get like mentions all the time being like, Man, this is how we get Wiggins to Toronto. Look what happened to RJ Barrett when he came from the Knicks. The guy's like playing like an all-star now. No, Maple Wiggins. Jordan. <laughs> Maple, you yeah, look, Maple Jordan, like that. That's that nickname is tossed around more times than I can remember. But with Andrew Wiggins, like his contract sucks, and I know he's only twenty eight or twenty nine years old, but like the fall off has been so extreme that mm-hmm. yeah, the Warriors would be stupid to not play Kaminga and Moody over this guy moving forward. And I think any team that like acquires him in a potential trade, because you know Golden State is pick is like making calls to anybody and everybody to get Wiggins off their hands. They're going to buy him out and he's going to end up being like, you know, a, a minimum contract at some point, because again, that's how much uh, his value has sunk around the NBA. Now, Chris Paul is another like is, is is a different story because like he is a guy that can help a team that's looking to, you know, actually compete for a title. I think Golden State's days are numbered at this point. Uh, even if they do sneak into the first round, I don't think they're going to be favored against anybody despite their championship pedigree. So, you know, go, it, it, they're kind of handcuffed by a lot of the contracts at this point. I wouldn't touch Wiggins with a 30-foot pole, but, uh, you know, Maybe there is a desperate team out there that exists that might take a flyer on them. I mean, the Hawks need wing depth. And like they're part of me is like, just shake it up. And I just I need DeAndre Hunter out of my life. I need DeAndre Hunter and the knee soreness and the knee that will never be right for an extended stretch to be somewhere. Is Wiggins that much of an upgrade over DeAndre Hunter? I need something different. Even if DeAndre's hurt. I don't care, Chris. I need something different. (laughs) Sometimes you need a rotation. (laughs) Sometimes you just need to change change things up to change things up. And um, I'm taking crazy pills here, just waiting for uh, DeAndre Hunter to be healthy. Like tonight was the first night the Hawks have had like their top eight since the end of November. Like it's just they haven't been healthy. That's the main reason why they've also just given away Kevin Herter and John Collins and successive off seasons for nothing in return who are helping them now, which is not how you want it do business and how you want to build a, build a Grizzlies monster. fans watching this podcast right now are like what the hell is this guy complaining about hold on the Grizzlies are in a much better situation than the Hawks I would much rather take the the Grizzly situation than Atlanta right now the Atlanta Hawks are I mean we have like reports coming out like Quinn Snyder wants to pull Jante Murray off the trademark and it's like he went rogue like three days ago like I'm watching Jante Murray actively tank possessions and like I'm getting this three up like I, I was there I had to watch my weekend was highlighted by Luka Doncic who I don't know if y'all knew this or not the Hawks took in the NBA draft. I don't know if you know this or not. They had Luka Doncic. They traded Luka Doncic for Cam Reddish, who, again, not on this team anymore. And Trey Young, who is great. Trey's been good. Uh, he's having a really good year. Hey, um, it's been rough. That All that happening was rough. DeJounte, like, just, I'm going to be DeJounte Murray, and I'm going to force my way out of here. And then it going the opposite way, where Quinn's like, man, this is good. We 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 he's a closer. We need DeJounte here. There's still life here in the like I'm like we're gonna do this. We're gonna drag DeJounte and Trey out, I guess, for the long term now. And we're we know where this is going. Like it's not going anywhere. This team's nine games under five hundred. They have one of the worst net ratings in basketball. This is not a good basketball team. And they might just keep this thing going. I click Capella. They could have traded to Dallas for a good package this offseason. He's worse now. You 
didn't develop in Yucca and Kongwo. Cam Reddish is gone. DeAndre Hunter is never healthy. Kevin Herter is gone. You've never been able to figure out the backup point guard spot. You had it for a brief second with Dylan Wright. Then he's gone and it's over. And that was nice for a little bit, but he's gone. There's no Garrison Matthews is like the 13th guy on any team. You know, Kenny, like in the with Houston and everything else. Garrison Matthews, he's fine. All he does is shoot. He got one of the most insane technicals in the Dallas game where he like stood up and went on the court and he's not even on. Like, what are you doing? You're Garrison Matthews, not LeBron James. Why are you stepping on the court? What What are we doing? This team is ridiculous. Every this is the most disappointing, insane hawk season I've had in a really long time. Because they they had they're all healthy. There was top five potential in the East. Like Trey and Dejounte, they have enough veteran players that you're like they can win a lot of games. They're not going to start any rookies. Like Kobe Bufkin's going to hang out in the G League. It's going to be okay. Kobe Bufkin's not doing anything. He's back tonight for the first. Like you haven't had him. Bogey has been healthy. That's been great. Bogey's fine. He's super streaky. When bogey's off, it gets ugly. The offense gets very ugly. I am so done with all of this. I need to shake up. I love Jalen Johnson. The only saving grace has been Jalen Johnson. But when your t- whole season tanks because Jalen Johnson got went down for two weeks, you have serious problems. And we're not addressing any of them. I'm losing my mind. I just <laughs> I need can't a hug stand chase? it. Like- I- do you need a hug? Like, I, first of all, Garrison Matthews is like a background actor on Boy Meets World. Let's let's not get it twisted. <laughs> yes. Like, that's his feeling as an NBA oh, player. Boy. And I, I can hear the, the the pain in your voice when you said, "Yeah, well, you know, we had Luka Doncic. Should we Trey Young? He's 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 good, you know." But like, dude, he ain't Luka Doncic. He ain't dropping seventy three in his sleep like that. Like, I no, and, and to do not. it against Atlanta of all the yeah. teams in the league to do it against Atlanta, in like Atlanta. just stick the dagger oh, in Atlanta. Right? It, it was something yeah, that was that was some special nasty work right there. <laughs> the whole season's been nasty work. All of it's nasty. I don't want any more of it. I'm over it. The uniforms are great though. Love our city uni- right. or the, the 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 I have the hat and like the that was a good look, but um they do do uniforms right. They had the peach Ru- one last year, it was great. Like that's their lone saving grace. Sorry, um, Kenny, I can't Rui stand the heat, culture health, ones. So. the heat culture ones are brutal. I don't like them either. I'm Hardest working, most talented, first up in the morning, you last night. You know what, though? The thing about that, that's been a Pat Roddy like, saying for, since he got there in 1995, and I mm. still hate that they put it on the court. It's just way too much. Yeah. A little corner, yeah. It's way too much. Mm. Are you okay with them retiring Udonis Haslam's jersey? Absolutely. Absolutely. I guess because no one's wearing 40. Who wears 40? Well, so it's so I'm I'm from the same neighborhood as you, Don Sazlum. Oh, really? So I'm, I'm I'm probably a little biased. Okay, but I know where like um like he got number forty from like a, a neighborhood legend, mm-hmm. uh, Tim James, who played for Miami Northwestern, went to UM, and then played oh. for the Heat, and then he left the NBA for the military. So that's where he got number forty from. But no, UD, he's he's meant so much to the Heat, but he it's been on defense and so like, it kind of gets overlooked because <laughs> mm. he's not scoring a lot of points but if you look back at really both final series against the Mavs and you look at Dirk's shooting percentages and realize that Udonis has been responsible for that it, it kind of starts to make sense pretty much and then you kind of look at other stuff surrounding it but the point I always make about Udonis Haslam is because if you remember 06 the Mavs were a way better team than the Heat regular season they beat the Heat by 36 and mm. it didn't surprise me at all but if Udonis has them, so what? So if Udonis has them, allows that final series to be a shootout between Dwayne Wade and Dirk, mm. he still lose that game in in no more than five games. It, it's it's over. It's mm. a wrap. But UD and James Posey really shut Dirk down in that series, and that gave D Wade the the runway to do what he did. And then from there, it's just being the enforcer. The um, every year when you look at the Heat players going from undrafted to really contributing to playoff runs and everybody's like, where did this come from? Come from Udonis Haslam. He was one of the original from undrafted to making a team, to rotation, to contributing to championships. And the amount of time he did it. And so I, I understand. I also get, like I said, he's not a big name around the NBA. Mm. And he did, on the outside looking at you don't really get why he was on the bench for so long. And he kept getting paid. So I understand the jokes behind it, but kind of like seeing the whole thing develop from the beginning of his career and knowing the neighborhood. We're from the worst neighborhood in Miami, hmm. unquestionably. A lot of violence, a lot of drugs, all that stuff. So 
just kind of being in the community and knowing what it means to come from that to what he did in the NBA, I fully understand it. I like it. 20 seasons like with it. any team is like something to yeah. be applauded. I just looked online. I didn't even know. Ronnie Cycli scored more points as a member of the Heat than Udonis Haslam did. Yeah. Ronnie Cycli, he was, he, was, he was a high draft pick, though. He was like the guy for a couple years. And then they kind of yeah. transitioned to Glenn Rice, and then it kind of went from there. But, yeah. you know, no, Udonis made his bones on defense. And it wasn't with block yeah. shots or highlights, so it kind of like gets overlooked. But that's 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 what that's why he stayed with them so long. He was a defensive man, all time leading rebounder too. Yeah, and yeah. again, twenty years like that's mm-hmm. I would I'd hang his number in the rafters. For Is he sure. the all time leading rebounder? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's in history. Yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. It was really more like fifteen years, but no, I'm just kidding. Nah, <laughs> no, I nah, I'm messing with you. No, I'm playing. But like professional athlete, like what he's done there. Like joking aside, yeah, I agree. Like it's definitely made an impact for sure. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Chris, what can the good folks check out from you all across the internet this week? At Walder Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Give me a follow there. You can find my work at Raptors Republic. Occasionally do some post-game stuff for them for Raptors Ball. You know, the the, the few fans who are still watching this team. God bless you. Uh, and oddshark.com. Uh, find all my NBA betting previews and whatnot. Same game parlays, expert picks. You name it. Find me at oddshark. I love it. Corbin, what about you over at Round Ball Ramble and everywhere else this week? Yeah, check me out uh, at Corbin NBA, C-O-R-B-A-N-N-B-A. Uh, Round Ball Ramble, we're going to start doing some trade guys and start getting some guests on to talk about some of these teams. Um, roster construction, we're also going to do some similar content around um, team timelines and you know gauging where a team is and the moves that they uh, can make in relation to what's been talked about. So a little bit of more philosophical conversation, but that'll be fun. Um, and yeah, that's it for right now. I love it. Kenny, what about you over at Playoff Foul and everywhere else this week? Really just Playoff Foul. Uh, I don't really care about the Twitter followers for myself as an individual. Mm-hmm. But, man, I've, I've come up with this idea for a podcast where we're not only covering the modern-day NBA, but we're also covering the past. You and, and so, Corbin need to link up then. Corbin really? is all about that. This is, yes, yeah, uh, yeah, I love this that. is up Corbin's alley. Yeah, so so we, we've, we've done – we do episodes usually on two or three teams currently, but our last episode was looking back on Kobe in his whole career. We have an episode on LeBron. We have segments on what well, we've had segments on the grit and grind Grizzlies. And it's, it's, it's a real interesting concept I came up with, man. Like I, I wouldn't, if I didn't create it, I'd also listen to it. So I'd say definitely tune into that. You can go to the Instagram at playoff out you can kind of get the clips and kind of get an idea of what we do we've i've only been running it for like a month because it's a mm-hmm. lot of hard work <laughs> to be honest but you can kind of check that out and then if you want to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or on wherever you get podcasts you can go ahead and do that also i love it corbin chris kenny thank you so much for the time and uh, i'll talk to y'all all very soon Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.